What are your plans this weekend? Thinking about playing golf, having a picnic, or gardening? Before you head out, you'll probably check the local forecast. Because when it comes to early summer weather in Denver, anything goes. It could be 80 degrees or it could snow. How do forecasters keep up? Well, of course, they look at satellite data, but one of the most vital tools they use may surprise you. We're at a building near Denver's old Stapleton Airport, and Chris O'Brien is about to do his second launch of the day. It's off. After taking a few quick strides in an open field, he releases a large tan balloon into the air for the National Weather Service. The helium-filled orb will drift 20 miles into the stratosphere, sending back crucial data every second that it rises. Gradually, reduced air pressure will expand the five-foot-wide balloon to the size of a two-car garage. And uh, eventually it just stretches beyond its limits and pops, and then the radio sound floats down on a little parachute. The radio sonde is the instrument dangling beneath the balloon, taking measurements on temperature, humidity, air pressure, and wind speed. Once the balloon pops, it will stop recording, and in this case, will probably end up somewhere far east of Denver. But don't worry, it's perfectly harmless, lightweight, and has a friendly message to return it to the National Weather Service if the little box and its orange parachute land in your yard. That is really cool. <laughs> Probably pretty soon it'll start curving around and heading out towards Kansas. It's a beautiful cloudless day, so as we stand with Chris, we can actually see the balloon, even though now it's easily thousands of feet up. Oh yeah, if the sun's hitting it, it, it oh, lights it up. it lights up. You see the little white dot. And you can see why people might mistake it for a UFO, because you see this white dot, and it's, just, you know, it's, it's way up there, so it, it's not moving around. It just, it's just sitting there, and if it catches your eye, you're like, what is that? What is that white right. dot? And then when it pops, you, there's a poof and it's gone, and it looks just like science fiction effect of somebody going hyperspace or something. It's not every release that Chris gets such ideal conditions. He launches twice a day, once in the early morning darkness and again in the late afternoon, no matter what the weather. He sends up balloons in blizzards, rain or hail. The only time he's forbidden to launch is if there's lightning in the area. Think Ben Franklin and his kite. So how do meteorologists use the data and why can't they just use satellites? It is 2017. So the weather balloons are the backbone for weather data and weather modeling in the country. That's Chris Spears, self-described weather nerd and storm chaser for Denver's CBS4. We asked him why forecasters still use balloons to collect data. Two times a day we send these balloons up that have instruments attached measuring the atmosphere in real time from bottom to top. And this is when you get a true snapshot of how your atmosphere is is at the moment. What information do balloons give you that satellites can't? Here's, here's just one example. We may be in severe storms. You look for what are the winds doing as we leave the ground and go up. If there's heavy wind shear, and what that means is you're changing speed and direction as you leave the ground and go up, that means your atmosphere is rolling. And so that could be the beginnings of a thunderstorm that grows in and produces a tornado. We would not have that data without sending balloons up. And not only is data collected here in Colorado helpful in local forecasts, it can tell the story for the Midwest and East Coast. In fact, sometimes the National Weather Service requests an extra launch in Denver if they're concerned about tornadoes or maybe watching for a big East Coast snowstorm. Storm systems can go through 
rapid changes themselves as they come over the Rockies. And so when weather systems are coming at us, they may lose their identity, they may start to fall apart, and then it crosses the Rockies, gets onto the plains. All of a sudden, you've got this new storm that gains a new life and goes across the rest of the nation as it continues its track along the jet stream. And so Colorado sometimes is candidly known as a birthplace for weather systems. So maybe you're saying to yourself, with balloons and satellites, how come the forecast is sometimes just wrong? The simple answer is, especially in Colorado, there just aren't enough balloons to give a full picture. It's amazing what we do with the little bit of data we have. But let's take Colorado for instance. We send up a balloon in Stapleton and Grand Junction. How many miles are between the two cities? A lot and a lot of terrain. So meteorologists make their best projections based on balloon and satellite data fed into computer models and interpolate what's happening between launch sites. But sometimes it just doesn't pan out. Well, what nobody saw was something we call a little short wave, which is a, a just a tiny, tiny little kink in the atmosphere. It's a ripple. And that ripple that may have been between Denver and Grand Junction and was not sampled by anything, suddenly as the day goes on, that ripple grows. And, and it's not that we missed it, it just wasn't observed. You know, that would be improved if we could send up a weather balloon from every city in the U.S., but there's just not the money to fund that. Speaking of funding, there's been talk in the Trump administration of cutting the budget for NOAA, which oversees the weather balloon program. What would that do to forecasting? I mean, this is the backbone of forecasting. It is how we get the real-time data from the ground up that satellites can't fully provide. So this is a program that must be protected. If we cut this, we would be going back to forecasting in the 20s and 30s. For H2O Radio, I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler.